2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from GuillotineLeagues.com, here's your host, Paul Jargian.
2: Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul and Co-hosts today are Scott Fish. And Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Hey, Church.
4: Howdy, Jones. Oh, hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, what's and, going on? And Scott Fish
2: also. Yeah. No, you so many. Good back, <laughs> Scott. It has yeah. been a little while. Lots to get to over the course of this show. We will, as always, get to the nine players upon whom you can take a chance. We will answer three tough questions. We'll give you some premature speculation. And we'll break down every matchup fantasy football weekly style with letter grades on all the players you care about. And we begin with the Eagles taking on the Colts. Scott, Eagles need a bounce back performance here. Yeah. Colts Squeaky wheel. Maybe a squeaky wheel game well, performance. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because yes, you know, it could
5: be. No, is don't is do it.
2: It's in, <laughs> in place right there.
5: And who would be the squeaky wheel player here? Yeah, I think it's probably got to be AJ Brown after his uh, kind of dud last week. But the did one he catch squeak? game. Did he squeak? I don't think he squeaked, but I think. Yeah,
4: you can't have a squeaky wheel,
5: don't squeak. I think the whole team is squeaking. This, They're just not doing it publicly. He's mm-hmm. They're squeaking behind the it's scenes. Speculative squeaking. Yes, we got an automatic on Jalen Hurts. You aren't benching him anyway. Colts isn't a great matchup. They don't allow a ton of yards passing, but six of the ten quarterbacks they faced had multiple scores. They've given up three rushing scores. Uh, Hurts tends to do that. So, A-grade there. I got a B-grade on A.J. Brown. You're not benching him. He had a dud last week, as we just mentioned. Um, I would expect the Colts to run a ton and try to emulate what Washington did, but Brown had five touchdowns in the three previous games, and Philly's angry, and that, that squeaky wheel, man. I got it. I, it's got a, it for
2: it's him. Not, I got it. It's, it's not, got it. has got to say something to be a squeaky wheel.
5: I don't know. Uh the Colts are number one against the slot, though, which is where Brown often mm-hmm. plays. So that's why I only have a B grade. I think it's gonna be a lot of running. And uh uh over to Devontae Smith. I have a bench grade on him. Over the last five weeks, only two wide receivers have topped 50 yards on the Colts. That was uh Terry McLaurin. We don't have Matt here for the sounder. No, we should get okay. that on the board. Uh, and Devonte Adams and it took eight plus targets for each to get there. I think uh, I think Brown is the more likely guy to have a good day. It's not outside the realm of the possibilities, but the number 2 wide receiver has done almost nothing against the Colts. The best Best game from a number two wide receiver against the Colts was fifty three yards and that took eight targets. Wow. Devontae Smith doesn't usually get uh, that kind of volume. And
2: Smith's such a boom or bust guy, and right. this feels like a bust game. It I, does. I'm with you. Very dangerous. It does. Start. It
5: does. We don't just keep an eye on what the tight end situation happens. It might be six foot seven, well, Tyree Jackson that takes that role. It might mm-hmm. be Stole. Keep an eye on it, but I don't I have him on the bench for this But week. don't you think that with Goddard out, that's there are going to be a lot more targets to spread
2: around. I don't know about here. A lot Smith but some fed that way
5: once again I, th- I think Indianapolis keeps this game on the ground and keeps it a slow pace where maybe it's not as many targets as a normal game so you're
2: telling me you like Miles Sanders a lot
5: I do like Miles Sanders I got a B grade on, on Sanders the Colts D is allowing the most running back touches per game against them at over 30 but only at 3.8 yards per carry but the volume should be there for the clear number one in a potent offense that's already that's, he's being very effective with his lower touch counts mm-hmm. and getting goal line work.
2: And the weird thing is no catches for three straight games I know. for Miles Sanders. I know. He can catch. They're just, they don't throw to yeah, him. Yeah, that's
5: part of the B grade. Not a lot of catching, and he's only topped 80 yards twice, and it took 17-plus touches to get there. Mm-hmm. So, just a B grade for him. Kenneth Gainwell, I have on the bench. I at first thought, ooh, the Colts are fourth, have allowed the fourth-most receptions, third-most most receiving yards. That originally had me thinking, Gainwell's a sneaky play here. He doesn't catch that much either. The Eagles have under 100 receiving yards Total out of their running backs in this entire season, not even a single performance over twenty-two yards. Okay, they don't throw. Agreed, but to again. the runners. With Goddard out. Right. You know, right. This it's might, possible. There might be a spot somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Or, yeah. It's possible. On the other side, Matt Ryan had a fine day against one of the easiest QB match, matchups possible last week, but he only threw it 28 times. And it seems like this new Jeff Saturday offense is going to run a lot.
2: Well, that's the, that is the ticket to beating the Eagles. And He's it is doing it on the ground.
5: Exactly. And Washington laid that blueprint. So mm-hmm. with low volume, I don't want Ryan in my starting lineup. I will say, I do have Seagrave on both Pittman and Campbell because Ryan is Ryan in his last three games is hyper targeting those two and basically just those two yes 26 targets for Pittman uh, 34 for 34 for Pittman 29 for Campbell in those three games um everybody else just 14 total targets uh, guys who have that gotten that kind of uh, target volume have been in the mid 60s to 100 yards against uh, the Eagles. I think I think we can see those two get eight to ten targets and decent c level games. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know what to make of the tight ends. They're all switching up, and now no. it's Kyle Granson's turn. So right. I have them well, on uh, the bench right Woods now. Woods
2: has been ruled out of this game. Yeah. So if you were desperate for a dart throw, and
5: here, I do think Granson's, a Granson's starting to emerge, but it's it's one game. It's one game. So I'm I'm not gonna anoint it the char- changing of the guard here in this one. Well, John-
2: when the changing of the guard comes. It's yeah. coming for
5: Jelani Woods. Okay. There it is. I, he was it my, might be like 2024. 20, hey, he was my number two coming. tight end coming out of this, uh, of this rookie class. I, I like him a lot. Automatic A. Automatic A. Automatic A. Is that a thing? That's automatic a guy. A?
2: It sounds like a guy, doesn't it? <laughs> automatic A.
5: Oh, man. Automatic A for Jonathan Taylor. They're running a ton. Washington laid the blueprint. We've talked about this a bunch. I don't need to talk about Jonathan Taylor. No, you
2: don't. But uh, just let me say this. How great was that breakaway run from Jonathan Taylor last week mm-hmm. that re- brought you back to last year? Like, yes. you know, that, he was doing that once a half last year. Yeah. And to just finally get the breakaway touchdown. Yep. Oh,
5: we were man. sitting here worried that he'd be shut down, that that ankle would bother him all year. And then you're like, right. oh, okay. Apparently okay. He's all right. All right. Yes. Yeah.
2: Let's go to the Browns taking on the Bills, Brian. This game would have been far more interesting had it been played in Buffalo. No,
5: it
4: would not. From it would have a been fantasy a- <laughs> perspective, we want points. Yeah. Reality football wants uh, snow. I love the Blizzard games. Ba- oh, no.
5: Both of the running backs would have been shorter than this snowfall, though. So
2: <laughs> There's something to that. Uh, it would have been all Nick Chubb go you know, straight ahead. Oh, I, I, was, I was very excited. But now... We're going to be in the antiseptic
4: Ford Field. Perfect weather conditions. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Suited for Boring. a shootout. I'm much happier this way. But uh, we'll start with the Cleveland side and Nick Chubb, who will not be plowing through the snow. Giving him an A since week eight. The Bills are allowing 157 rushing yards per game to running backs. The second most in the league during that span. Chubb is averaging 5.7 yards per carry this Dang, year it's and 18 carries per game which is a lot. He's only seen 20, car- 20 carries or more three times, though, so far. But in each of those three games, Cleveland has won. And you want to know how many wins Cleveland has? Three. three. <laughs> so feed Nick Chubb in this game. Also, definitely worth noting, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds has been ruled out for the Bills, which yeah, bodes very out, well for Chubb,
2: outstanding. Also, very good coverage linebacker, and that yeah. could affect David and Joku if he ends up playing.
4: Yeah, the, 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 this. We'll talk more about the Bills' defense, but not as scary as it was earlier in the season. I, but I still have Kareem Hunt on the bench. Over his last four games, Hunt has gotten double digit double digit carries just once. He's topped one catch just once during that same span. And there's not really a pass-catching angle here. The Bills have allowed one running back to top, 30 receiving yards, and they've, and they've surrendered just two scores to the position through the air. Over to the wide receivers, Amari Cooper gets a B. I was going to mention his horrific home-and-away splits, but uh, can't really do that now. It's kind of a, a neutral, right. a <laughs> neutral site. No uh, what yeah. I do know is uh, cornerback Tradavius White will not make his return for the Bills. It seems like we've been waiting on that know, week in Robert. and week out, but uh, that bodes well for Cooper as well, and Buffalo has surrendered five wide receiver touchdowns and two 100-yard receiver uh, performances performances over the last four games. So a B for Cooper, and a C for Donovan Peoples-Jones, my take a chance on me wide receiver from last week. I think you get a peacock for that. 99 yards, didn't yeah. get a hundred, but we'll take five for 99. How about a touchdown? Donovan yeah, he has yet to score, nice. but uh, at least 70 receiving yards in five of his last six games. But most importantly, I did the research here, guys. He was born in Detroit. Went to... University of Michigan. This is like a platinum homecoming. It's not like just the college. It's
2: a. This is a neutral like, site homecoming. This is
4: born where, and raised. Oh yeah. You know, you're not playing in the enemy stadium.
2: You're playing in a neutral site stadium where all your fan yeah. your family can come. So it supersedes home field advantage. Who you to fail.
4: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving it's it up the, to a B. It's the ultimate. Well, I'm going to a B. Homecoming. Yeah, I'm getting too excited. I'm, I'm, I'm almost deep pantsed right now. I'm so excited about Jeez. this homecoming. So a B. For Are you DPJ pantsed? <laughs> I'm going to move on to the tight ends now with uh, David Njoku. Give him a C. Sounds like he'll make his return uh, this week. The Bills are allowing more than five catches per game to tight ends, which is kind of a mouthwatering production in the tight end wasteland. So we'll take that. So a C for Njoku if he goes. And if he somehow sits, I would give that C to Harrison Bryant uh, like I did last week. And lastly, Jacoby Brissett, uh, borderline C, but I have him on the bench. The Bills have surrendered zero or one passing touchdowns in seven of nine games. Only Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers were able to throw for multiple scores against them, but both had two. So Buffalo hasn't allowed three touchdowns yet uh, this year, and mostly zero or one. So Bursett on the bench over the Bills side. Devin Singletary gets a B over his last four. His volume has been on the rise, averaging 13 carries, as opposed to only eight through the first five weeks. The Browns were just torched for three total touchdowns by, by Miami's back. So Singletary... Should be a solid start. And of course, Stephon Diggs is a solid start. He gets an A. Even though the Browns just held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to a combined 110 yards and no lone receiver has topped 70 yards against Cleveland over the last four, they have surrendered five wide receiver touchdowns during that span. So an A for Diggs. And for those reasons, uh, those same reasons, you got to give Gabe Davis a B. You play him when he's healthy, and he is this week. So a solid start for him. Not a solid start for Dawson Knox, but I'll still give him a C because, again, it's the tight end wasteland. There aren't many options out there. There they are.
5: I will never Crazy. forget on our Sirius XM show, I had to, our producer had me sing that. Tight end wasteland <laughs> to Bobo O'Reilly. Tight
3: end Annoying. wasteland.
4: I wasn't on that. I feel like I was on that show. But anyway, I feel like you were. Anyway, we don't care about Sirius XM radio here. So you can roll with uh, Knox in a pinch. But temporary expectations, the Browns are allowing just three catches and forty-four yards per game to tight ends, and they've surrendered just one score to the position. And lastly, Josh Allen gets an A. The elbow doesn't seem like it's that much of a concern anymore.
2: No, but somewhat of a concern. Now, here's the thing that you need to know about Josh Allen is zero designed runs last week because of the elbow. None clear you know, a week later yeah. is you know, is that gonna be still in place? No designed runs takes some of the ceiling off
4: Josh Allen. He still reeled off some 80, 80, 80, eighty-four <laughs> yards
2: and scrambles, but it's not you know, it's not the same as the designed runs. And so I think a little of that ceiling that you normally get with Josh Allen is not in place here. When we come back, take a chance on I me. Mean, nine players, not normally in your starting lineup. Many of these guys available on the waiver wire. Find out who they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Me nine players who you would not normally start. Many of these guys available on the waiver wire. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott Fish, who you got?
5: I have Jimmy Garoppolo in his last four game versus the Cardinals. Uh, since he's been with the four Niners for those uh, interdivisional battles, he averages 331 yards and three scores per game. He blows up on them every time owns the cards. Pair that with the fact that Cardinals rank third worst against fantasy quarterbacks, giving up the fourth most yards, fifth most passing touchdowns, and also being bottom 10 in many other metrics. I got Jimmy G.
2: I like it. Brian, you're take-a-chance-at-me quarterback.
4: I got uh, Kenny P, Kenny Pickett, uh, at home against the Bengals, who should see the return of cornerback Mike Hilton. But corner Trey Flowers and safety Dax Hill are banged up, might not play. Since he's best corner, Chidobe Awuzie certainly won't play. So I'm liking Pickett a lot this week. The Bengals have only allowed multiple passing touchdowns once. That was Baker Mayfield in week nine. That's not great. But listen to the quarterbacks the Bengals have faced this season. Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, and Jacoby Brissett. That's all that's the full list? There's Lamar Jackson. There? They knocked out Tua, okay, but like right. basically Pickett might be the best pass thrower they faced all season. So I like Pickett. Let's go. All right. I'm gonna take
2: Danny J as my take a chance of me quarterback against Chicago. Posing quarterbacks averaging a healthy 266 yards and almost two touchdowns against the Lions. But the big angle on Daniel Jones is on the ground. Detroit has been housed by mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, who combined for four touchdowns against the Lions. Fields rolled up 147 rushing yards against the Lions last week. And still, I like, uh, I like Jones, both air and... And ground this week. Nice. Let's go to the running back position. Scott.
5: I have my good buddy, Tyler Algier. I don't don't know if you can call him good buddy. Uh, This is the fourth best matchup he's got this week against the Bears, who just got rid of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn to make it even easier. They've allowed seven running back touchdowns in just the last three weeks. You might think the Atlanta backfield seems a bit of a mess, but Algier is out snapping him, out, out snapping Cordero Patterson, out touching him. He's getting more pass game work than Patterson, who, Weirdly only has six catches for 39 yards on the year. Wow. He's gained nothing in the pass game. Patterson is Algiers getting more of the work. He gets almost 13 touches every single game. I got Tyler Algier in a great matchup against the bears.
4: All right. You're running back. Uh, right. uh, I'm going Jalen Warren again, who I used last week and he was serviceable over the last two weeks. Warren has averaged 10 and a half touches and 76 combo yards per game. He's pretty good. Uh, as further evidenced by the fact he's 15th in yards after contact per attempt among running backs and is ranked fifth in pro football focuses, elusive rating. And lastly, the Bengals have softened against the run since week five, allowing the sixth most rushing yards per game and the second highest explosive run rate. Explosive output should be here for all this explosiveness. There's
2: a lot of explosiveness here. Isaiah Pacheco is your new lead back for the Chiefs uh, since gaining the starting work in back-to-back weeks. Last week, a career-high 16 carries. Now, you may be thinking, that's not that much, 16 carries. The previous starter, Clyde Edwards Despair, had topped 16 carries once in his last 24 games. So this is a pretty strong statement by Andy Reid who has clearly finally shaken off the sunk cost fallacy of the first-round blunder that was Clyde Edwards' despair, who well, got just four snaps last week.
4: Well, and, it, and the Chiefs made a claim on Eno Benjamin. They didn't, didn't get him, get him yeah, but, but that's they, a, they were ready to kick like, him it. to the curve. Oh, yeah, that was that it that been, C- Well, H. Ronald Jones, if he's uh, uh, still on roster, probably would have been the
2: guy out. Um, how is... Pacheco doing so far 4.7 yards per carry is pretty good his 82 yards last week were the most by a Chiefs runner in 26 games great matchup this week Los Angeles has surrendered 170 rushing yards per game to running backs over their last three games and they ranked 29th in run defense by pro football focus Isaiah Pacheco let's go to the receivers Scott Fish who you got
5: yeah, in the receiving game, I have Kadarius Tony, who will, we will definitely talk about later. But also, MVS is currently Marquez Valdez Scantling is sick right now. Juju Smith Schuster has been ruled out already. Miko Hartman is out and on IR. It's basically Tony and Sky Moore. And Justin Watson for the Kansas City Chiefs going up against a Chargers defense that is bottom ten in both receptions allowed and receiving touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. All
4: right, Brian, you're taking a chance for me, receiver. I didn't envision this. I was hoping hoping to be giving him A grades at this point in the season, but I have Allen Robinson <laughs> at the. Uh, I'm sorry, at the at the Saints. We all know Cooper Cup is on IR, uh, so there are vacated targets. Everywhere, yes. uh, I think it's over 30% of the Rams targets are now vacated with Cup on IR. The Saints have also been awaiting the return of cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, but he has been ruled out for the remainder of the season, yeah. so that's not happening. Uh, Robinson had a 34% slot rate uh, this season before Cup went down, so those snaps should go up. He'll also get plenty of work on the outside. I just think they, they get creative with him or they try to. The Saints have allowed the 10th most yards per game to opposing wide receivers there are a ton of wide receivers in the on the rams now but robinson's my guy
2: i think deontay johnson counts as a take a chance of me receiver at this point he has not scored this year he's gone nine games
4: well he that. and robinson were going like in the fourth round uh late in summer draft so uh, yeah oops. if i use a rob you can use DJ. Yeah,
2: i think that counts um Although granted, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett have not thrown for multiple scores in any game, which so it's probably much more on the quarterback position than on Johnson himself. Um, He was, he played Cincinnati this week's opponent in week one, put up a decent game, seven catches, 55 yards. Uh, His primary defender, and you alluded to this earlier, rookie backup Cam Taylor Britt, Brian, who allowed a score last week, and he's giving up a perfect passer rating in the three games in which he has substituted for injured cornerback Chidobe Awuzie. So we'll try Deontay Johnson. Let's see if we can get him in the end zone. First time this year. Let's go from a uh, Deontay to a Deonta as we look at the Panthers taking on the Ravens. Well done. Uh, Deonta Foreman is the Panther you care about the most. Three big games and one mm-hmm. dud game mm-hmm. since the Christian McCaffrey trade. I'm actually a little bit worried about how much a healthy Chuba Hubbard is going to work into his work, eat into his workload. Mm -hmm. But if Foreman's anywhere near his average of 20 carries per game, he's going to be just fine here. And here's, let me just explain a little bit more about why I'm worried. So Hubbard came back, he was questionable going into last week's game. That was a Thursday night game and it was in the rain. And I think they just didn't want to risk the ankle injury on a slick surface when you've got a big power back like Foreman running forward. So they gave Foreman all the work. I think Hubbard's going to eat into this workload much, much more than people realize, and I'm nervous about that with Foreman here. Baltimore has yet to allow running back to top 91 rushing yards, but has allowed four touchdowns in the last four weeks, so hopefully Foreman can get goal line work here and he gets a B grade. Hubbard is startable. I've got the C grade on him for the reasons I just talked about. I think I think he is going to get more use than most people realize. Um, also, medium, basically a neutral style matchup, and the last time Hubbard was healthy— He ran for 63 yards on a touchdown, so startable here. And then the only other Panther you care about is D.J. Moore. Last week's four-catch, 29-yard performance against the league's worst pass defense does not give you a lot of confidence in starting Moore this week against Baltimore coming off a bye and with Baker Mayfield under center. In five full games with Baker Mayfield, D.J. Moore is averaging 39 yards and (laughs) 0.2 touchdowns. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the only way you can rationalize starting more who I've got a bench grade on is if you believe the Ravens will jump to a big early lead and it's going to be all passing for the rest of the game. Uh, But I don't see that happen. I don't necessarily see that happening because the Ravens offense just hasn't done that much this year. So DJ Moore bench. Great. Let's go to the Baltimore side. Speaking of under underwhelming offenses, as I alluded to, and I I hate to sound like a broken record because I I do Baltimore a lot. And I've talked about Lamar Jackson many times in the show. The passing just isn't going very well, and his rushing doesn't automatically make up for it. Get this. From week four forward, Lamar Jackson is quarterback 22. That feels like a guy you should
5: have sabotaged drop a week ago.
2: Uh, Three weeks ago ago when we were talking about (laughs) him. Absolutely. His average game since then is 169 passing yards, one passing touchdown, 65 rushing yards and no rushing touchdowns. That's Lamar Jackson's average ga- average gra- game over the last effectively six weeks. Panthers secondary took a huge loss with in- with the injury to star cornerback uh, De- uh, Dante Jackson, who's done for the year after suffering a torn Achilles. Uh, but Baltimore's lack of wideout talent is just is just so thin. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you that Jackson's going to bounce back here. I can do no more than a B grade on Jackson and drop it to a C grade if. Mark Andrews does not play. So let's talk through Andrews. Still working his way through knee and shoulder injuries. Looks like he's headed for a game time decision. The Ravens desperately need him, and he's got strong individual matchups if he does play. Safety Miles Hartsfield allows the most receptions and yards of any safety in the league. And linebacker Shaq Thompson has allowed the sixth most receptions and seventh most yards of any linebacker in coverage this season. So if Andrews starts, I'm giving him a B grade. If he doesn't go and you inject, Isaiah likely will give him a C grade if Andrews does not go. All right, all of the receivers are on the bench. What a total disaster these guys are. Get this. The entire Baltimore position group is averaging 65 receiving yards since Rashad Bateman's injury. 65 divided three ways tells you why you're not starting Prochet, DuVernay, Robinson, any of those guys. Then, let's go to the running game. Gus Edwards gets a C grade. Might not be back to a full workload off his hamstring injury, but in the same situation we saw earlier this year, the Ravens instantly loaded him up with 16 carries. And in that one full game, he led the running backs with four red zone carries and rewarded Greg Roman's confidence with two touchdowns in that game. The Panthers have seen the fifth most rushing attempts, which has led them to surrendering the sixth most rushing yards and the sixth most touchdowns to opposing backs. Gus Edwards gets a C grade on the prospects of a touchdown. And Kenyon Drake can also be started with a C grade. And bump him up to a B grade if it turns out Gus can't go. And even if Gus plays, though, he is startable in this game. He'll need to score from distance, though, as Gus likely gets goal line carries. Drake probably gets more total carries in this game.
4: The Ravens wide receivers as a a whole have 845 yards. That's it. Gosh. I mean, Tyree Kill, hold on. Marquise oh. Brown has 485 yards. He's played in six <laughs> games. He's probably on pace for the more receiving yards than the whole, still, team, than he the whole team he left. Yeah. All right. But uh, that, that traded him. He didn't leave them. That sounds right. Uh, Scott, yes, Falcons. Let's see if we can knock this thing
2: down in about three and a half, four minutes.
5: Okay. Well, Justin Fields is going to get an A gray. The QB1 uh, back-to-back weeks is almost an auto A right now with his rushing upside.
2: I I I, can't, I came. I figured this out to uh, this week. Yeah. I've been ranking guys for 25 years. Yeah, don't believe I've ever ranked a Bears quarterback as my number one play going into a week. Okay, until this week, first time in 25 years.
4: Yeah, against that Atlanta defense. It's one a- quick, th- one quick angle. Sorry, yeah. no one has mentioned this. The bear, or the Falcons probably could have taken Justin Fields last year, and it would have made sense. Okay, grooming the quarterback of the future. Revenge took Kyle Pitts instead. Spike oh, game, God. Justin Fields. Okay, yeah. spike
5: game over there. Okay, it's an easy A against a bottom six pass, day, pass defense. Uh, Mooney, I got a B grade on, is still the really the only startable wide receiver for the Bears. Claypool is only playing about a third of the snaps, no one else is really uh, really a good start there. This is the number one easiest matchup for opposing wide receivers. Opposing wide receivers specifically average seven catches for 96 yards and a score against the Falcons. That's really Mooney's role in this offense we'll see if he gets there but he's had double digit fantasy days in three of the last four you should feel pretty good about a start here Cole Komet, a grade five touchdowns in the last three games is is totally sustainable that's just it's it's absolutely gonna keep happening Mm -hmm. uh maybe not but the falcons are allowing six catches for 60 yards to tight end uh, tight ends on average this year but only just one score. So we'll see how that mashes up. It's hard to tell, but four to five catches and 40 to 70 yards feels safe in this matchup here for comet A grade. Over to David Montgomery, somehow there are three A-grade Bears. How is this possible with Komet and Bears quietly are a top-five offense right now. And David Montgomery with Khalil Herbert now Mm -hmm. on IR. Montgomery is going to get the overwhelming majority of the backfield. Treston Ebner is the only other back they have on roster who has had a touch this year. In Montgomery's missed game, Herbert took it 20-plus touches. I'm going to guess it's going to be similar with Herbert gone. Montgomery's going to flip it and take 20-plus touches. He has 15-plus touches in seven games, that extra workload, against a team that has allowed the fourth-most yards in the last three weeks, the 10th worst fantasy defense on the season, and 11 running back scores in 10 games. Mm. A grade for David Montgomery this week. I I really like like him. Yeah. On the other side, I have a C-grade on Marcus Mariota. Despite only averaging 174 yards per game passing, he tacks on 30 to 60 rushing yards nearly every game. And he needs it. He He scored in all but two games, has multiple touchdowns in half his games, but other mobile quarterbacks against the Bears like Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, even Dak Prescott tagged the the Bears for 40 to 50 yards and a score. So he gets a C-grade just... And it's a 49 point over under in Vegas. It's going to be likely to be a high scoring game. Yeah. I got Mariota with a C. Drake London with a C as well. It's been rough lately. Rough. There's been random. Yeah. Random pop-offs by Kidero Hard Hodge and Demir Bird. But London is the consistent one getting about six targets per game. Hasn't topped 40 yards since week three. That is the worry. But seven wide receivers have hit that mark in just the last three games against the Bear Or Bears. Over that span, they're fourth worst against wide receivers, allowing the second most yards. I have a C grade on London. I have a C grade on Kyle Pitts. I mean, you aren't benching him. <laughs> it's Kyle Pitts. You're not. He's well, pretty. You don't, bu- you don't have a choice. I will say he's matchup proof. proof. He's matchup proof though. Good matchup, bad matchup. He doesn't. He'll get you any two two catches for <laughs> twenty to thirty yards. Uh, given four teams on bye and the injuries to Ertz and Goddard and Everett, uh, he's he's startable. C grade uh, plus. The, the only two tight ends that had five targets against the Bears had good games, and Pitts gets over that. And they, the Bears have allowed two touchdowns to tight ends in the last three weeks, so
4: there's some optimism there. Were those mm. targets catchable for those other tight ends, unlike the, the targets that Kyle, <laughs> Pitts, Kyle Pitts I knew you
5: couldn't let it go. Kyle Pitts does not get any catchable targets, but Tyler Algier was my running back take a chance on me player. He's the only running back I'd start in this one. Not Cordero For, Patterson. Nope, not Patterson. Not the way he's playing right
2: now. Yeah, it's, the usage is inexplicable right inexplicable. now. And I, I want to believe Patterson's going to bounce back and become more of a workhorse, but we haven't seen it
4: nope. yet. The that's world would be a better place if the Falcons did take Justin Fields and then Kyle Pitts got to go somewhere else.
5: <laughs> that, well, maybe I'll die better. on
4: that hill. Oh right.
5: no, Tyler Algier did not start himself this week.
2: You want to change your mind? I'll give you a chance to rescind this. this. You've got a whole show to go. Yeah, we'll talk about it. When we come back, New York Jets taking on the Patriots. We'll find out what you can do with elements of the Jets passing game, including Garrett Wilson in this game. Will the Wilson Wilson connection help your fantasy team? Find out when we come back.
3: Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with
1: American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back, Fantasy Football
2: Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts are Scott Fish. You can follow Scott on Twitter at ScottFish24. Got it. And you can follow Brian Johnson at BTXJ. And I am at Paul Charchian. You just got to figure out how to spell it. That's the – it's the challenge. It's the game Mm -hmm. within the game Mm -hmm. of fantasy football. Figuring out how to spell my name. Back to the matchups. Jets taking on the Patriots, Brian. Jets' side of this game – Michael Carter, lead back against a pretty good run defense.
4: Yeah, it is a great run defense. And I, I will mention, and I'll reference this game, these teams just met in Week 8, mm-hmm. so uh, some very recent Fresh history. Fresh data. Was um, Greece Hall up or down in that game? I'm pretty sure he was down by then. Okay. He was. He was because Michael Carter and James Robinson combined for 43 scoreless mm-hmm. rushing yards on 12 carries in that first meeting. Yeah, And the Patriots have surrendered just two total touchdowns to running backs all season. So I'll give Carter a C if you're desperate. I got uh, Robinson on the bench, um, but I would explore other options other than Michael Carter. But if you have to start him, go ahead. But there are other options out there, most likely. Uh, So, a soft C for Carter. Uh, A C for Garrett Wilson. Opposing wide receivers are averaging a measly 11 catches and 127 yards and less than a touchdown per Mm. game as a whole against the Patriots. But, Wilson had six catches for 115 yards in the Week 8 game, so... There's some There's glimmer of hope there. So they if he, got
2: Jalen Mills out there. He's awful. That's yeah. you know if you can if you can get that matchup for Garrett Wilson, I like his prospects.
4: Yeah. So he he got the see Denzel Mims, who has emerged as the wide receiver too. Uh, he's on the bench though. He did have 76 yards in that first meeting, but just saw three targets. I'm not chasing those numbers. So he's on the bench. But Tyler Conklin is not. He gets a B in the tight end wasteland. Yeah. The Patriots have surrendered the most tight end touchdowns this year. Two of those went to Conklin in Week Eight when he also had six catches. For 79 yards, so uh B for Conklin, but a B in terms of bench for Zach Wilson. He did have 355 yards and two touchdowns in the first meeting, but he also threw three picks, and in his 10 career road starts, and this game is on the road for Wilson, mm-hmm. he's averaging 155 passing Ugh. yards and has totaled four passing touchdowns, so That's he's on the terrible. bench for me. Over to the Patriots side, Ramondre Stevenson, not on the bench, but just to see this week, he will split time with Damian Harris, who looks close 100
2: is off the injury list
4: altogether. And I assumed that Harris didn't play in this week eight game, but he did. Um, yeah,
2: uh, hobbled six something, yeah, but he not still had right like 11 now. carries. But yeah. he
4: played, um, Harris. Uh, I'm sorry, but Stevenson had a strong game regardless of Harris playing, finishing with 143 combo yards, uh, including seven catches in that game against the Jets. The most combo yards the Jets have allowed to a single back all season, but it's a tough matchup on paper. New York is allowing just four yards per carry since Week Three, and they've surrendered three total touchdowns to opposing running backs uh, during that span. So, just a C for Stevenson. I got Harris on the bench. Gotta see what he does. What kind of what kind of snap percentage he sees. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's on the bench for me this week in a bad matchup. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I was close to giving a bench grade to, but I give him a C based on expected volume. Saw twelve targets in the first meeting, in the first meeting, and turned them into nine catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown. But that touchdown was just one of two wide receiver touchdowns the Jets have surrendered over their last six games. So, temper your expectations for Myers. But I will start him with a C. Not starting Kendrick Bourne or Tyquan Thornton there on the bench. Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith are on the bench. They combined for four catches, 32 yards against the Jets in Week 8. The Jets have not allowed a tight end touchdown All year, easy bend for them and easy bend for Mac Jones.
2: All right, let's go to the Commanders taking on the Texans in what is not a particularly sexy matchup, but does have a variety of starters in it, including Brian Robinson coming off his most impressive game of the year by a fair margin, I thought. He's getting tons of work with 20 or more carries in two of the last four games. Houston's been pummeled on the ground, seeing the most rushing attempts while allowing the most rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. In the last four games alone, the Texans have allowed eight rushing scores, and three different backs have topped 140 rushing yards against them. This is as good as it gets for Brian Robinson. If you don't start him here, why is he on your team? It's a good spot, yeah. And we'll bring Antonio Gibson into this conversation. If I didn't mention it, B grade for Brian Robinson. I'm giving a C to Gibson here. You you could probably talk me into a B in PPR leagues. Same Mm. easy matchup on the ground as Robinson. He just gets fewer carries. He does chip in with extra receptions, though, and J.D. McKissick's been ruled out, so he will continue to help you that way. He's also managed to find the end zone in three of the past four games, and I think he's absolutely startable, especially in a bye week here for Antonio Gibson. And then a couple other guys you care about in the passing game, probably Terry McLaurin, first and foremost. (laughs) Probably Uh, Red Hot, thanks ever since the switch to Taylor Heineke. Um, McLaurin has seen at least 43% of Washington's targeted air yards in each game since Heineke took over. That is a huge, huge number. That's that's a lot. The Texans have allowed a league high 15 yards per reception to wide receivers this season. They do have better improving cornerback play. In their last four games, Derek Stingley and Steven Nelson have combined to allow four receptions for 39
5: yards per game. And I do think Stingley's been ruled out for this one, too. Oh, I
2: didn't see that. Well, that does That is helpful, then. Let like double That Let me
5: double-check that while you go through. If
2: Stingley's out, I'd consider bumping Terry McLaurin. Derek
5: Stingley has been ruled out. All
2: right, look, I'm giving him an A grade. Ty- Taylor Heineke comes in with a C grade here. Uh, I worry about this run-heavy game plan against a bad run defense, so I don't think there's a lot of volume to be had for Heineke. And uh, Houston isn't going to get, like, way ahead and force Heineke to throw a bunch, so the game plan just doesn't feel like a big game coming here. No quarterback is top two touchdowns in a game. And only one is top 300 yards since the opener against Houston. All right, let's go to the Houston side. If it were up to me, mm-hmm. the whole rest of this segment and maybe the rest of the show would just be all about Damian Pierce. <laughs> let's do it. I, man, I got time. I, I'm totally game for that. Since week three, Pierce has seen at least 20 combined carries and targets every game. And he's put up at least 100 total yards in every game but one since week three. Pierce has also racked up the sixth most red zone carries among running backs, while the rest of the team has won carry in the red zone 26 to 1 ratio i love that about damian pierce mm-hmm. washington is though got a very good run defense only derrick henry has eclipsed 76 rushing yards against them and they give up just 4.2 yards per carry the commanders have surrendered the fourth fewest rushing touchdowns just for all year it's a tough matchup but pierce's volume keeps him at a b level and by the way his god-given talent <laughs> The only other startable Texan I've got is Nico Collins. Um, when Collins and Brandon Cooks have been on the field together, Collins has tallied more yards in three of those mm-hmm. four games, and he's emerging as Houston's go-to wide receiver. Yep. He played through his groin injury last week, but he's still very he's still maybe limited by the groin injury. Houston, uh, sorry, Washington secondary is much improved, and aside from Justin Jefferson, they've held mortals. In check, including AJ Brown's dud game on Monday night. So I can only get you to a C grade on Nico Collins. And guys, what do you think about this? I'm ready to just drop Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Sure. Um, you know, he's lost sure. the benefit of the doubt at this point. He scored one time all year. Yeah. He's disgruntled. He barely showed up in the box score last week. And I think Nico Collins is the go to receiver now. Yep. And, and Davis exactly Mills can't support feel. more than one receiver. Yep. All right.
5: That's all, exactly all right, how it's I agreed. Feel. We're it, dropping Brandon it, Cooks. Uh, it, it, it depends on how shallow is. I'll you're
4: agree, but I'm sad to. about it. Yeah, that's. I think that's totally fair. He
5: went from right. underrated every single year to possibly properly.
4: Maybe they want to bump his trade value up though in the offseason. and uh, let showcase him. him a little yeah. bit. Maybe, Maybe that's showcase it. showdown. Lions take on the Giants.
2: Scott. Yes. Uh, I you know I know you love Amon Ross St. Brown, so I, do. I want to start. With, I want to start with him right off the bat. We're seeing with since T.J. Hawkins has yes. been out. And he's returned to health. Yep. We're starting to see what feels like a repeat of, of last November and D- December.
5: You are you reading what I have written down here to I talk am. about? Because yes. I literally set up had a that
2: series s- of reflecting mirrors here I, in the studio, so I can read your notes.
5: <laughs> I was also wondering what all those cameras in my house were for. So, oh, good to that's know for the misses. Oh, right, wait a second. on Ross, Saint Brown, the Sun God, has thirty targets in the last three games. The volume's back to those league-winning levels. Um, Over the last uh, three weeks, the Giants—actually, let's start here. The Giants on the season have been a top-10 pasty against wide receivers, Mm -hmm. but over the last three weeks— they're third worst. Wow. They've allowed six different receivers over 50 yards. They're averaging about 186 yards and a score to wide receivers mm-hmm. per game. And it's not even like huge studs. It's the Jags and the Seahawks and the Texans are blowing them up blowing yeah. at, at the wide receiver position. I have an A-grade Amon Ra. I do have Jared Goff on the bench, though. Uh Giants allowing 230 yards per game. It's 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 not a lot despite what the wide receivers are doing. They've given up just 10 passing touchdowns in nine games. Uh, as, as for the tight ends, you're, you're not starting the Brock rights no, and the world. And no, we are, no, no, we're not. Yeah. Let's go over to the running backs where it gets a little more complicated. Yeah, I'm going to start here. Jamal Williams missed some practices this week with an illness. I think he's likely to push through and go and yep. he'll be fine. Deandre Swift logged his first full week of practice since coming back from injury. He's been limited in previous weeks. Uh, even last week, Dan Campbell said, we're going to work him in more. And so he's been splitting Barely. snaps with Justin Jackson. Yeah, This week is the first week. None of those comments are out there. He had a full week of practice. I'm not saying DeAndre Swift is back. I'm saying you should feel a little bit better this week, finally, but mm. still not great, just the way it's looked. Uh, so I have a B grade on J- on Jamal Williams, a C grade on Swift. Williams scoring nine times in nine games. Nine but times. the Giants have only nine given up four times. rushing scores. Swift, I got him starting because that pass game work and how efficient he is with the ball when he gets it. But uh, the volume is on Williams' side, so I have the B grade on him. By the way, the Giants, allowing 5.4 yards per carry and 11.2 yards per reception to running backs, that's, those are both bottom five in yeah, the league. That's bad. The only thing that keeps the Giants up high in the rankings is 22 total running back touches against the Giants per game. That's league low. It's volume. That's why. That's why their rankings look good. It's volume. When when they get touches, running backs get touches. Yeah. They get massive amounts of yards. Over on the Giants side, Daniel Jones would zero take a chance on me player getting it done through the air and ground. I believe you said yes. Uh, Darius Slayton, I have a C grade on despite only four targets last week. He made the absolute most of them. Uh, he's the only guy you can really trust with targets of four, six and six in his last three, the matchup against the lions was great earlier in the year. Last three weeks, not as great. Uh, only Lazard, uh, sorry, Lazard top 57 yards and it took 10 targets. Slayton plays 83% outside. He might see some Okuda, but I don't think they're going to shadow him. And if anyone's going to score for them uh, at the wide receiver, tight ends, et cetera, uh, if Daniel Jones throws a touchdown, it's probably to Slayton. So we'll give him the C. Uh, Saquon Barkley, a grade. Obviously. Lion, yeah. Lions allowing five yards per carry, giving up 11 rushing touchdowns in nine games. A grade. I'm, I'm not even going to go over it. No, it's,
2: it goes without saying that Saquon Barkley is an elite start. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about Christian Watson, guys. Five touchdowns in two games. And, yeah. you know, he has added a spark to an otherwise struggling passing offense, although it would help if Aaron Rodgers could, like, throw a pass. Yeah, and he's doing it on— misfiring all over the field.
5: What the, He has, like, what, five touchdowns on 11 targets, too, yeah. or something like Which, that?
2: Which So it's... I, that makes me very skeptical. Yeah. You know, when you see that kind of, you know, that's pretty out of whack and not sustainable if you're not getting that much, that many targets. Uh,
4: He seems legit, though. He should have had a touchdown on, like, the first play from scrimmage for the Packers in week one. Dropped a long bomb from Rodgers, and he was dealing with injuries. But when he's been healthy, which has just been as of late. Pretty much the last two weeks. (laughs) Looks looks pretty legit for, for a rookie. And, you know, he... He went to the small school in uh, North Dakota State, right? Uh, yeah. Let me let me ask you this. He's
2: got the pedigree. Give me a sense of how valuable Christian Watson is from a dynasty or empire league standpoint as you're projecting forward. How valuable is Christian Watson?
5: Yeah, that is that's an interesting one. I, I he's probably. Still in the third or fourth range among the last year's rookie wide receivers, just because we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to
4: be next year. He certainly uh, leapfrogged the Sky Moors, who were getting drafted before him in rookie drafts. Yeah, for uh, sure. But I don't know. I still rank him below Pickens and London and Olave, Mm -hmm. but he's knocking on the door. Those guys for sure. He
2: is. The explosive play potential is very big for Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs has
5: been out too. Actually, he might have just been
2: usurped. Well. Yeah, Possibly. hard to know yet, right? Yeah, hard to but know. when when Dobbs comes back, yeah, then this thing gets really really interesting cuz yep. he was very promising. Yes. So, yeah. I don't think I don't think I don't think this is very clear and I, certainly I don't, don't, don't expect these last two games to be representative of what Christian Watson's going to do the rest of. Is
5: that a record by the way, 5 touchdowns in 5 days? Has to be. I don't know.
2: Might be. I mean, that, that's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, when we come back, our number two, three tough questions you can play along. See if you can go three and O with our panel of experts. And if you missed any part of the show and you want to read up on our player rankings, go to guillotineleagues.com, where you can find all the information you need to know about the players this week, their rankings, and why we've got them ranked, guillotineleagues.com.
3: Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When
1: you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we
3: on? Uh, I've lost count.
1: Or,
4: shoot that, shoot
1: that!
2: Number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian with you. My co-hosts are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. This is a game we call three tough questions. You can play along. Try to go three and O against our panel of experts. We begin
5: with... Tough question number one.
2: Kadarius Toney's rest of season. Is he a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex, or bench player? We begin with Scott Fish.
5: Yeah, I, I think Juju's going to be back after this week. I can't imagine that concussion keeping him out much more ho- than this week. Not. So <laughs> so I went with flex. I could see it getting all the way to wide receiver two. We saw every metric about him grow from week one to week two. Hardman's going to be out for a while. Um, it's just that the wide receiver two and wide receiver three in this offense has rarely been very productive for fantasy. He may be better than those and they're using finding ways to get him involved on the sweeps that he Took over for Hardman, but and Hardman had four straight double digit fantasy days before going to IR, but I don't think that's going to be very consistent. I have it as a flex, but you're going to get some wide receiver two games out of it. All right,
2: Brian Kadarius, Tony's rest of season. Is he a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two flex or bench?
4: I don't have much to add to what Scott said. Uh, Definitely not wide receiver one with Travis Kelsey uh, on Mm. your team. He's wide receiver one for the chiefs. if Juju remains out, I would go wide receiver too, but I'm I'm going flex. But man, he is borderline wide receiver too. You really don't see many guys who are able to like stop on a dime like Kadarius Tony can and change direction and with the speed. Like Tyreek Hill is the only comparable receiver I can think of, and he fared pretty well in his days in Kansas City. But I'm so going you're officially just calling flex. Kadarius I'm going to Tony Tyree Kill. I, I love uh, he's got that he's got that upside. I'm not love... say he's gonna get there this year, but he he looks. Pretty comparable to me.
5: I love Travis Kelsey shaking his has his head. I don't know how New York let him oh, out of no. the building. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: and I, I, I'm I, not factoring that comment. Right. Because yeah, players say that not. stuff all the time, and it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. Do you think, co-host, it was a coincidence that Kadarius Toney suddenly showed up in the box score in a game in which Juju Smith-Schuster got knocked out in the first drive and McCole Hardman did yep. not play?
5: Yep. Yeah. I- yeah, no coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Of not.
2: Even then, even then, his snap count was just forty-four percent of the of the snaps. Yeah. So it wasn't that high. And here's the thing that I really can't get past. Once everybody's back healthy, which should be as early as next week. Well, Nicole Hardman not, but right. Juju comes back. In the Patrick Mahomes era, yeah, he will put guys on games that make them look amazing, yeah. and you're like, oh man, Nicole Hardman, that guy's going to be a game changer for the the next five years. And he doesn't do anything for the next five games. So, in all probability, what awaits Tony once Juju and especially Hardman come back is just a timeshare with inconsistent results, mm-hmm. because that's uh, what
4: this position always does. I can distinctly remember like four plays that Tony has made in his very short career with the Giants and the Chiefs. I don't remember anything that Juju Smith-Schuster or Michael Hardman has done. But that's a, look,
2: I, I, I'm, I'm taking all
4: the fun out of fantasy football. Are, I admit uh, it. I I
2: am the you're no fun, charge. No Swift. fun. Flex is the correct answer for Kadarius Tony. question right number anyway. two. You, you got it right anyway. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. With Damian Harris returning to full health for the rest of the season, is Ramondre Stevenson a running back one, running back two, flex, or bench?
4: Brian Johnson. Uh, Stevenson averaging more than five yards per touch, while Harris has averaged nearly a yard less per touch. Uh, that's pretty significant. Stevenson also the much better pass catcher. So we should stay more productive moving forward, even with Harris healthy. That said, Harris will eat into Stevenson's snaps. But New England is, a top, is top eight in rushing play percentage. So there's plenty to go around. I still think Stevenson gets his 15 carries with four to five targets, uh, catches per game. So I'm going RB2 rest of the way, even with Harris back. Okay. Scott,
2: rest of season with Damian Harris returning. Ramondre Stevenson is an RB one, an RB two, flex or bench.
5: Yeah, so Ram Stevenson has outsnapped Harris in every game since week one. Obviously, the games Harris didn't play the whole game or missed, Ram had large workhold workloads, uh, but he did that also in some of the games that Harris fully played. I actually view the start of the season to be what we may see the rest of the season, where Harris has some games he's little used, and some games it's more of a split. Ramondre's R B twelve right now, even with a pretty decent downgrade. I don't know that he gets past RB twenty-four in the volume that New England runs the ball and the goal line looks New England gives running backs. I have him as an RB two.
2: I love Ramondre Stevens. Yeah. Me I too. love that guy. And I think he's a special yes. back.
5: I, I was talking to him the other day. But, he feels the same yeah, way. And about he
2: starts you. himself in his fantasy league. <laughs> Probably. But here comes Damian Harris with fresh legs. In a luxury in mid-November. In the opening month of the season, when Harris was healthy and it was a shared backfield, he was Bill Belichick's lead back with more carries, more yards, That's and true. more touchdowns than Stevenson. And we've seen Belichick backfields take unexpected, weird right. turns many, many
5: times. Hi, Jonas Gray.
2: Yeah, right. And I am not ready to count out Harris at all. And also this, Damian Harris is a really good back. He so is. Stevenson, he is good. Damian Harris is a yep. good back. He's going to knock Stevenson back to the same flex play that he was in September when this was a shared backfield and they were getting Mm. roughly the same work, but Harris was getting more. And even though I'm team Stevenson, I just think the reality of it is when I take off my emotional cap on this and I just look at this shared backfield, Mm. I think Damian Harris is going to end up eating into too much of Stevenson's time for him to be a sure RB Two correct answer
5: flex. Tough question number this, three. This is the no fun version of. Three I know. Tough why am
2: I? Why do I have to be the wet blanket?
5: What's the title of this show? It's got to it be, no, be the, wet, the wet no blanket fun show. charge. I yeah, know, wet blanket. Exactly. Show. Uh, should
2: we drop? Let me start over. Tough question
4: no number three.
5: Should we drop Dallas Goddard or stick it out with him on our roster, Scott? Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking this out. Is if he's able to heal, their the tight ends are terrible this year. If he's able to heal up in a month and be back for week fifteen, your week week 15, 16, 17 fantasy playoffs, uh, it, he's he's worth it. The two caveats here are: is the injury one that he may take time getting back after that, or miss more weeks than the initial four?
2: Yep. So shoulder. It's a coin flip.
5: Mm-hmm. Coin flip. It's yep. possible. The other one is do you need a shoulder to catch a pass. We, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, especially the high pointing that he does a lot Uh, will the Eagles be locked into a one seed by that point and they'll keep him resting four weeks away from the playoffs I don't know that that's quite the case maybe maybe later on um, if it takes him longer so those are two things that can do that but Honestly, if you're dropping him for a guy like Tristan Ebner or something, no. If if you see a Kadarius Tony on the free agency, what, sure, do it. But in most cases, I say no. Just hold on to Dallas Goddard for this time, right. before the moment. So your answer is no. Yeah, that was hold. a super long-winded. You're saying hold Dallas Goddard. Hold. All right, Brian. Hold. Should
2: we drop Dallas Goddard or stick it out?
4: Hold. The end. I don't have much do to add. The, I, I'll, I will say. The I shoulder, talked for 14 minutes We've seen that, so. guys come back from shoulder injuries, running backs, wide receivers, and they, they're fine when, when they come back. It's the, the lower leg injuries that you're really skeptical about when they come back from injury, and that's not the case with Goddard. Azar, if you were rostering him, your team is pretty decent, and you will have a shot in the playoffs, and if he comes back healthy, you're going to want to start him, so hold him.
2: You know, we're not doctors here, uh, but just, you know, the reality is people have to make this decision this mm-hmm. week on yep. Dallas Goddard. And, you know, as you mentioned, the earliest he can come back is week 15. The 8-1 and one Eagles have Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah. They care a lot more about having a healthy Dallas Goddard in yep. January sure. than they do in December. So there's no need to rush him back at less than full health. So week 15 Number one could seed? be unrealistic. I don't – you. Know, I, who knows they may even be, they may have We're they, in Minnesota right now. You don't <laughs> they they want to I don't think the seeding makes any difference here. I don't think it does. It's all about winning in January. Mm-hmm. Is all that the Eagles should be caring about right here. I think that's fair. But. Tough call, but you know, when healthy, Goddard is one of three reliable fantasy tight ends. That's sumo, that's so valuable in this league. And yes, he's going to soak up a roster spot and maybe you would turn that roster spot into tight end help but you probably aren't going to because there probably just isn't that much tight end help to be had out there on the waiver wire so while you might you you might be able to drop him and find help I think in most cases Goddard's just way too valuable to drop in the event that he does come back for your fantasy playoffs that said I don't I don't I think week 15 sounds optimistic
5: so your answer is do not drop Dallas. Don't better. drop Dallas. There you go. Yeah, and I, I took a circuitous route to get there as well. <laughs> we, Yeah, we all did.
2: Rams Except take on the Bryant. Saints, Brian. They lose Cooper Cup, but they get back Matthew Stafford.
4: Yeah, so that doesn't really matter much without Cooper Cup. So I got Stafford on the bench, uh, has returned to full practice, should make his return. But without Cooper Cup, I, I got to put Stafford on the bench because I only have one starting grade on any of his pass catchers, and that was Allen Robinson, who was, that might take a chance on me Wide receiver, Van Jefferson, Ben Skorenick, Brandon Powell, Lance McCutcheon, they're all on the bench. And surprisingly, in the tight end wasteland, I do have Tyler Higby on the bench. The Rams offensive line
2: is – They just had two more injuries this
4: week. It's on life support. So, Higby's going to be doing a lot of blocking. Yes, there are more targets that are going to be spread around with the cup sideline, but the Saints have allowed just one tight end touchdown all season and not one lone tight end mm. has topped 50 yards against them. So, I'm benching this week, and I'm also benching all of the Rams running backs: Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, Gross. Tyron Williams. Jeez. I've got some stuff to read here, but I'm not going to do it. Do just it. put them on the Thank bench. You. Remember
5: uh, last year when we were throwing down automatic A's on a bunch I of Rams? Know. And... I know.
4: Well, yeah, uh, Rams Saints used to be uh, sound like the sexiest matchup in the world, when it, right? but not mm-hmm. not in this game. Uh, a few more starting grades for the Saints. So we'll go over to them. Not great ones, though. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Just to see, the Saints are going to be without three stars on their offensive line. But the silver lining for Camara is the receiving angle here. Over their last four games, the Rams have allowed seven-plus catches and nearly 60 receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. So, you know what? I'll give Camara a B in PPR and a C in standard for those reasons. Uh, Chris I'm, o-
2: I'm nervous about Camara.
4: You got to be. But, man, he he can pop off in, in any any matchup, really. Um, Chris Olave gets a C. The Rams allow the lowest A-dot average depth of target in the league at 5.5 yards, which is not bode well for Olave's game, who should also see plenty of coverage from Jalen Ramsey, who has not allowed a touchdown in his coverage since week two. But over his last two games, Ramsey has surrendered 92 and 71 yards in his coverage, so Olave startable with the C. Jarvis Landry, not, though. He is on the bench. He actually led the Saints wide receivers and targets last week with six, which is encouraging moving forward, but uh, not this week. The Rams have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Uh, over to the tight ends, Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson got them both on the bench. They're just going to be doing a ton of blocking uh, with that banged-up offensive line. And the Rams have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points to tight ends of this season. Saying that, watch Taysom Hill rush for four touchdowns in this game. <laughs> but If you want to chase crazy upside, play Taysom Hill. Have fun. And then Andy Alton he's on the bench. I think one game inside the top 18 quarterbacks this year. I want Jameis Winston back, even though it doesn't bode well for Kamara. I, I'm I'm tired of um,
2: I you. think Kamara is a bench. This is an offensive line missing three starters this week. Um, I am very nervous. There's he's going to catch Eric 10 McCoy passes. Went on IR. He's going to catch um, 10 I'm, passes. I don't know. You're, I think you're a lot more optimistic on Kamara than I am. We'll revisit this next week. Yeah, feel free. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, let's jump into Cowboys taking on the Vikings. Cowboys-Vikings, plenty of fantasy implications all over the board here, but some key injuries that could play into the outcome here. You know what to do about Justin Jefferson.
4: What about some of the more fringy players in this game? So Dallas Goddard managers want to root for the Vikings because the Eagles want the number one seed regardless of what you guys say. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm
2: sure they take it, but I don't think they're going to put their prize tight end at risk to get there. We'll see. We'll we'll find out. We'll learn more about Cowboys Vikings when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish. Brian Johnson with you. We've got a big block of matchups coming at you right now, beginning with the Cowboys taking on the Vikings. I want to start with Dak Prescott because this is a fantastic opportunity for him. Vikings have surrendered 300 or more passing yards and or multiple passing touchdowns in four straight games. And the Vikings suddenly very thin at cornerback Cameron Dansler. Placed on IR, his backup, Caleb Evans, has been ruled out of this game. This is a uh, this is a great opportunity and a game plan that should lean strongly to the pass. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott is a very safe start and an A grade yes. for him. My top ranked wide receiver of this week is C. D. Lamb. Now. I can give him the fantasy aardvark. <gasps> Who is Ardvark? I can give aardvark. No, no
5: it, everybody can use Ardvark.
2: Aardvark is universal. It's aardvark universal. is universal, Matt. I love C.D. Lamb this week. Uh, over the past five weeks, the Vikings have allowed the most receptions, the most yards to opposing receivers along with five total touchdowns. Minnesota has one good cornerback, Patrick Peterson. C.D. Lamb only runs 18% of his routes On Patrick Peterson's side of the field, Mm. the other 82% are against a struggling slot corner or a third, well, really fourth string cornerback. CeeDee Lamb is phenomenally suited for a big game here. Also, really like Dalton Schultz. Since Dak Prescott has been back, and Schultz now finally healthy, and they came back at about basically the same time, at least five receptions and 50 receiving yards in every game, plus finally got on the scoreboard last week with his first touchdown of the year. Vikings are middle of the pack in most tight end metrics on the season, but lately they've given up some big games to tight ends. Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Mike Gusecki, all good games. Dalton Schultz, B-grade. Michael Gallup, startable here as well. He runs from the outside where sometimes he will get that Patrick Peterson matchup, which I mentioned, which is bad. But then when he goes the other side, he'll get uh, either journeyman Duke Shelley, who I mentioned before, fifth stringer, rookie Andrew Booth, um, arguably also fifth stringer, making his second ever start. Those are good matchups for Michael Gallup. Startable here for sure. And uh, Noah Brown's the only receiver I'm not going to put a letter grade on, although I wouldn't be surprised if he did okay, but he just hasn't gotten enough looks since Gallup's return. Let's talk about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Elliott expected to come back in this one, but it waters down the prospects for both guys a lot, Yeah, and it's a very tough matchup for either one. Um, week four was the last time a running back hit 50 yards on the ground against the Vikings, and in those five weeks, running backs are averaging less than three yards per carry. Vikings are pro football focuses number two ranked run defense. Pollard's been way more effective than Zeke, and he's healthier than Zeke, and he's my preferred starter here. But the reason I'm going to give a C grade to Pollard and a C grade to Zeke is that Zeke gets most of the goal line work, and you could hope for a touchdown here. So I'm going to give Zeke a C grade in a bye week, in which I might otherwise give him a bench grade. Let's go to the Vikings side. Justin Jefferson's an obvious A grade. The toe injury appears to be okay, and he was removed from the injury list on Friday, so he should be good to go. Let's talk about Kirk. Cousins. Dallas has got a very talented secondary, but they are risk takers, and that's led to them allowing multiple touchdown passes in three of the last four games. The main area of concern for Cousins is the pressure he's going to take in the pocket. They do expect left tackle Christian Derrissaw to return for this game, and that's huge. Yeah, he's
5: completely off the injury report.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's, I mean, without him, I'd have been very worried about Cousins, but as a result, I think we're okay here. Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys defense has averaged a sack every nine pass attempts. Which is insane. <laughs> That's unbelievably wow. good. Uh they have registered the most sacks among all teams, as you would have guessed. Kirk Cousins, I've got a B grade on here. He takes a thirty-nine game streak mm-hmm. of games with a touchdown pass into this matchup.
5: I saw the Vikings have scored a touchdown in an eighty-six straight with his which is the fifth longest streak in NFL history. Really? Wow. Yeah. All right. Kirk has
2: single handedly powered half of those games. Uh TJ Hawkinson's got a B grade in this one. Since Hawkinson's trade to the Vikings He's been the second most targeted tight end in the league behind only Travis Kelsey. Mm. Pretty impressive. He also leads all tight ends in red zone targets since the trade. Unfortunately, though, this is a tough matchup against a good Cowboys uh, defense that has allowed the third fewest fantasy points and just one touchdown to tight ends. And that turns uh, Takenson from what would have been an A grade into a B grade this week. Adam Thielen also startable here. uh, Vikings announcer... Paul Allen told me today that he expects Thielen to have a very sizable role the in world this
5: The world-famous Paul Allen. Yeah, Internet not, sensation. Internet Paul. sensation. Wow. Viral sensation. LeBron James.
4: Allen, yes. I've been bragging that I have his phone number. I won't give it out, though. I think you should. Maybe for the right price.
2: He runs from all over the, all, all over the field. Thielen, not Paul Allen. <laughs> runs from all yeah. over the field. Le, 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 LeBron James probably could. Uh, but most often on the side of the field man by cornerback Anthony Brown, assuming he gets through his concussion protocol. Brown's bad. Uh, just like last year, he's around, allowed the ninth most receiving yards and the ninth most, t- and he's allowed touchdowns in back-to-back games. Thielen logs in with a C here, and unless you think Paul Allen has got particularly keen insight, then you could give him a B grade. Hmm. Uh, Dalvin Cook is the only Viking we haven't mentioned yet, A grade. He has scored in five straight games, powered by big plays, more consistent chain-moving plays than necessarily – uh, I'd like to get him more consistent chain-moving plays. It's really the big plays that he's uh, that he's been helped with. Dallas has given up at least 100 rushing yards and a score to running backs in three of four games, including getting pummeled for over 150 rushing yards in each of the last two games. This is going to be a very Dalvin Cook-heavy game plan, right? So you've got Dallas is great at rushing the quarterback. The things can go haywire a lot of ways to get when you throw the ball. Dalvin Cook's sitting on a lot of volume in this game, and I like him with an A grade. Let's go to the Raiders, taking on the Broncos. Scott, this is a Raiders offense that's been highly dysfunctional, but a Broncos defense
5: that's mostly been very good. Yeah, mostly. (laughs) They're the number one pass defense Mm -hmm. against the pass, allowing the fewest passing yards and fewest passing touchdowns. Just six passing touchdowns on the season. That's crazy. Nobody's close to that. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Uh, So I have Carr on the bench. He's been a fine 240 yard, one to two score guy, but this is a bad spot for him. I do have a, I do still have Devontae Adams with with an a grade because he's had an A level game in all but one game. And that was the game. He was sick all week leading up mm-hmm. to, he does have a slight abdomen injury this week, but I'm not too worried about it from all reports. So I still have an a grade on him. Mac Collins is back to the bench. He went two for 18 last week with Waller and Renfrew out uh, Renfro out that he had that one huge 150 plus day, but all the other days, even with players out, he's done virtually nothing. I will say this is the number one pass D against both outside receivers and slot receivers. So I have basically everyone else besides Adam on the bench. Uh, Foster Morrow, um, I have a bench grade on him, but it wouldn't surprise me. He's been a three for forty type guy with Waller out. Um, this is a Broncos team that just allowed sixty-two yards in a score to Titans last week, eighty-two yards the week before. Um, interesting pickup there. He's got to match up with the Seahawks next week. Yeah, that's that's. that's Ahead a little bit. Then. Yeah, so that might be a pre-spec. I'm going to change my pre-spec, but no, I'm not going to. Uh, go get Morrow for the next for uh, next week's matchup. Josh Jacobs, a B grade here. He took 33 touches for 175 yards against this same team in Week Four. It's not hard to envision another day in the high 20s against them. Mm. I will say though, this Broncos run they held Derrick Henry down, Brees Hall. Yeah somehow Damian Pierce. Yeah, uh, Austin that's, Eckler. That's really impressive. Yeah, all those guys under 80 yards, but Josh Jacobs took him to the house. Um the pure volume and the fact that he already did it. I'm giving a B grade to Josh Jacobs. Um even even in this tough matchup. He already did it once. Uh Russell Wilson on the other side. I hate to do it, but I gotta give him a C grade. It's too good of a matchup. It is. It's such a good matchup.
2: Did you should, guys see that Wilson got hit? 19 times oh, last week. I didn't see that. 19 hits. Oh, also, did you see this? There's a report from one of the Denver talk Ra- Sports Talk Radio hosts saying that he's heard that Russell Wilson is calling out audibles from the Seahawks playbook. Jeez. Oh, wow. Imagine, you know, imagine you're Tyler Lockett and he calls an audible for a playbook. You don't know. No. You know like, what do I do?
5: Or Cortland Sutton, yeah, that's uh. That would be crazy. Yeah. Wow. I say Tyler Lockett on the side of the field. (laughs) Darn it. Yes. 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 Well, Tyler Lockett would understand understand if he was in the stands. You pulled a Russell Wilson there. I just (laughs) did. Opposing sideline. You're right. I
2: just did exactly what Russell Wilson does. I
5: I have a theory that Drew Locke was included in that trade for Russell Wilson, so there wouldn't be a quarterback controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Raiders are the fifth best matchup for fantasy quarterbacks, having allowed multiple scores in all but one game. They also Mm. allow 260 yards per game game and they've even allowed four rushing touchdowns per game. Russell Wilson got one of those in the previous game that they played fifth most passing touchdowns allowed. I mean, this is a great spot for Wilson, but all those averages are light years above Russell Wilson's average of 247 yards and 0.88 touchdowns. So I'm only giving him a C grade. I could see him squeak out better, but he's just been so bad this year. It's really tough to give him much higher
4: than that. No more Russell talk. Let's go. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yes. Uh, Jerry Judy. That, that was two minutes of Russell. It, really it really was. It really was. Jerry Judy has been ruled out. KJ Hamler is going to be out a little while longer. Uh, Hinton. Uh, oh man, I'm, Tristan Hinton, Hilton. What's his name again? Kendall Hilton. Kendall, Kendall Hilton. Hinton. Hinton. Kendall yes, Hinton yes. Uh, is dealing with a shoulder injury after getting a decent amount of work last week. I have them on the bench. I I, I only have Sutton with a B grade and mostly because... Judy and Hamler are out and someone's got to catch balls out there. It's a byproduct of the injuries. He had six for 66 in a, on, and a score last week. Talk
2: to me about Dulcich though. That's where this gets interesting.
5: Yes. Let's, let's go here. Uh, he disappeared last week, but he's had double digit fantasy days in three straight. Prior to that, I mentioned the injuries that are already there. Um, he was averaging four catches for 60 yards on six targets in those. It's a better matchup. Sure. We keep talking about the Broncos allowed four touchdowns to Kelsey. You got to throw that out. But five other tight ends have had 50-plus and or a score, and even Kyle Granson had a great week last week yep. against them. Yep. I got a C-grade on Dulcich, but you could talk a me, you can H- talk H- me into... B. You know I'm a Dulcich fan. He was my uh, number one tight end coming yeah. out of the draft. You could talk me into a B, but uh, I don't love Russell Wilson running this offense. No, I don't think I do either. I have C-grades on both the backs here. Four straight lead backs have topped 115 yards on the Raiders. Uh, the Broncos don't really have a lead back. It's kind of 50-50, but Murray gets the goal Line stuff. Gordon gets the receptions. This is a team that's allowing 29 touches per game, 150 combo yards per game, and a touchdown per game. You can split that up and get two C grades out of these two. Oh, It'd pain me to have to start any Bronco. It really would. I point. I would not blame you from benching him if I had to start one. It's probably Gordon because I don't want to rely on the touchdown. I want to rely on the receptions.
2: When we come back, premature speculation. Find out the players you want to pick up this week that everybody else will be trying to pick up next week. But you got them first. Fantasy Football Weekly continues in moments.
3: Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card.
1: 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game.
2: Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. If you missed uh, parts of this show and you want to go back and hear the show, obviously you can go to the podcast if you're listening over the air. If you're listening uh, via podcast, you check for this over the air. This avail- show's available both ways, which is kind of cool. Also, you can get all of our player rankings available at guillotineleagues.com. This is a segment we like to lead with premature speculation. Players you can pick up now that other people will be trying to pick up next week. Scott, we begin with you.
5: Let's try putting the mic on. Uh, Let's go with Foster Oh, I'm just kidding. I just kind of didn't mention that in the last segment. Let's go with Odell Beckham Jr. He's only 30% rostered, and he has narrowed his candidate. He's cleared. He's healthy, and he's been cleared by doctors now, so he's just got to pick a team. Pass a physical. And the ones that he has pegged out, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Bills, like – the Giants, he could either, even with the Giants, he could come in as the number one wide receiver or number two on several Harden of those teams. I believe he'd
2: ever be back on, with the Giants, I know.
5: isn't it? Um, but some decent offenses that he could jump into and actually have a decent fantasy role. See, I'm very
2: skeptical of what he's going to do, but I like the idea of picking him up and then, then, using him, then using him as a, as a bargaining chip. Sure. Because uh, a lot of people, name recognition alone, you can get a lot for OBJ once he gets signed. Brian, who is your premature speculation player?
4: I got our Raiders running back, Samir White. Now, in the summer, we were saying it was very possible the Raiders run Josh Jacobs into the ground in his contract year. Yes, kind of worked out that way. It has worked out that way, but the Raiders' season is pretty much coming to an end. And I'm hoping they have the decency... Not run Jacobs into the ground for no reason. Oh yeah, if there's any organization that's yeah, known for know. its innate decency, know. it's but the Raiders. They, they, we saw some flashes from Zamir White in the preseason. They're gonna want to see what they have in him. With a, mm-hmm. they want to give him an extended look, or I'm assuming they're going to want to do that later in the season. So we could see Zamir White starting running back in you know weeks 14, 15, 16. So uh, if you got a bench spot open, go grab Zamir White.
2: Uh, I have reason to believe that the tight end wasteland is here. So here's an angle for you for those that are looking deep. Uh, you may remember from back from April, Arizona drafted the first tight end off the board, Trey McBride. And, you know, at the time, we're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see you, Trey McBride, in like three years when Zach Ertz retires. Well, that, that whole timetable got moved up a lot. Last week, after Ertz got knocked out early in the game, McBride got all of the tight end work. 91% of the game snaps. Mm-hmm. And how
5: many routes did he run? 26 of the 29 dropbacks. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, so they put him into coverage a ton. Or, you know, I, I like the opportunity mm-hmm. for Trey McBride. Nobody's talking about this opportunity. But if you're in a spot at tight end, and this thing has some weeks to develop because Ertz is not likely to play again this year, that's uh, that's an opportunity for you. Now, so er- Ertz is
4: done. He's done. Yeah, they like well, said season-ending. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, a, yep. it's
2: officially. Open. Yep. Not, well, it's still not expected to play this year. Yes. I don't think I said anything you, wrong. You got it. Can't right. argue that. All right. Good. Let's go to the uh, Bengals taking on the Steelers. Last time we saw the Bengals, Joe Mixon was scoring five touchdowns.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't know if he'll get five touchdowns in this one, but he did have a a, a good game uh, when these teams met in week one. Uh, He had 145 combo yards, so uh, he gets an A here. Before their bye week last week, the Steelers had surrendered a running back touchdown in seven consecutive games. So an A for Mixon, an A for T. Higgins. He got hurt in that week one game. Left early, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd both scored in that one. We know Chase is out for this one, so we should see a lot of T. Higgins in a plus matchup. Pittsburgh is allowing nearly 200 yards and and one-and-a-half touchdowns per game to opposing wide receivers. They do get Minka Fitzpatrick back, which factors, but with Chase out, I I like Higgins a lot here. Should see a lot of volume. He gets the A. Uh, A B for Tyler Boyd. As I mentioned, he scored in the first meeting. And now has two touchdowns in two of his last three games against the Steelers. Uh, who I also just mentioned is a pretty good matchup for wide receivers. So that's why Boyd mm-hmm. gets the B. And so does Hayden Hurst, who has scored at least eight PPR points in five of his last six games. That's like elite. He's, he's, he's for four
2: catches, of- 40 yards pretty much every week.
4: Uh, he's had some touchdown upside. He had a season-high eight targets against the Steelers mm-hmm. back in week one. Over their last two games, the Steelers have allowed more than 60 yards per game to the position, including a touchdown catch to Jawan Johnson last week. So a B for Hurst and an easy A for Burrow. And I can get into that with all those starting grades for his pass catchers. Over to the Pittsburgh side, Najee Harris, just a C for him. His snap share has continued to drop as the season progresses. And he hasn't been nearly as effective as Jalen Warren has with his touches but the Bengals have softened against the run since week five, allowing the sixth most rushing yards per game and the second highest explosive run rate. So I will start Harris with the C, but. I like my take a chance on me running back a little more, and that's Jalen Warren. So, uh, he gets like to C him C with So,
2: you like it if it came down to one or the other. Yeah. Because a lot of people are rostering Najee I
4: Harris and Jalen Warren. I-, I think the Bengals put up a lot of points. I, I think the Steelers are going to put up points. And I think Warren, he-, he does more with his touches, and he's the better pass catcher. And I think they're playing catch-up. So, yeah, if I had to pick one, I would pick Warren. And uh, Deontay Johnson, charge. He was your take a chance on me wide receiver. Yeah. And I think you could also take a chance on George Pickens. I'll give him a C. He lines up on the right side most often where he'll face Eli Apple. Uh, in Apple's last three games, he's allowed at least 50 yards and or a touchdown. Uh, and with quarterback Chidobe Owuzie out, it's open season on the left side against rookie Cam Taylor Britt. We've mentioned him a couple times, mm-hmm. who's yielded a perfect 158.3 passer rating in three games since taking over as a starter. So a uh, C for Pickens. Uh, also a C for Pat Friermuth. in his three career games against Cincinnati, including that week one matchup. Muth has finished with a touchdown or at least 75 yards in every game. He's also averaging 7.6 targets with Kenny Pickett as the starter. Uh, it's not the best matchup on paper. The Bengals are allowing less than five catches and 50 yards per game to tight ends, but they did surrender a tight end to uh, excuse me surrender a touchdown to tight end Tommy Tremble their last time out. So Fryer Muth could do the same. He gets the C, and Kenny Pickett was my take a chance to me quarterback.
2: Chiefs take on the Chargers on Saturday, uh, excuse me, Sunday night, and there's a lot of moving parts on this thing on the Chargers side, but the Chiefs side is a lot more straightforward. Where Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are A's like usual. Uh, Mahomes will be without Juju Smith-Schuster and Mikael Hardman, which is not trivial, but you know, still, it's Patrick Mahomes and. You'll probably be fine here. Kadarius Tony coming off a statement game, and that was the take a chance and me play yep. for, me. Uh, for you. That's Scott, Scott Fish. Fish, I gave a C grade to Kadarius Toney in this game. MVS, if fully off the injury report. He had some midweek illness. He is okay now. He's notched at least 60 yards in four of his last six games, and he's coming off his first score of the season. I like Marquez Valdez-Scantling in this game. The Chargers secondary is playing better lately, holding receivers scoreless in back to back games. But I like his individual matchup on the outside against Michael Davis, who gave up a season high 65 yards last week and allows a passer rating of 106 in four of his last six starts. That is a positive individual matchup. MVS definitely startable as a bi-week fill in for your team. Mm. Also startable in the passing game, Justin Watson. Oh boy. Uh huh, sneaky play. Here. Dynasty
5: leaguers love you right now. I bet they
2: do. They're waiting for you. <laughs> he ran twenty more snaps than Kadarius Tony did mm-hmm. last week. He projects as the starter in this game, running from both the slot and outside, and he's got winnable matchups at every spot. So. You know, he, the volume has not been there. He's,
4: he's like, also been on the team for like 20 more months than Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Tony. Well, that
2: <laughs> factors in too, honestly. Yeah, I wish I could go back and go, man, he's had these like spots where, he's, where Justin Watson has had these big games, but he yeah. really hasn't. It's like one and two catches, yep. He's and yep. he's got two touchdowns on the season. But if, like, if you're in a pinch, consider Justin Watson. All right, let's go to the runners. First, let's start here. Clyde Edwards' despair. Totally phased out of this offense. Just four snaps last week. Not only is he not startable here, he is absolutely droppable. You does not belong on your team. Isaiah Pacheco was my take a chance on me runner. Also startable, Jarek McKinnon. Because of his Oof. increasing snap count at the expense of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He is a PPR helper with six catches in back-to-back games. If he's going to get six catches in yeah. in a bye week, he's scored in the first meeting between these teams. Jarek McKinnon, startable. All right, let's go to a much more complicated matchup, unfortunately, (laughs) with the Chargers side of this. Um, I think I'm going to begin with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Okay, look, you know the danger in starting both of these guys. They're rolling into this thing limited, and it's a Sunday night game. We have very few options in terms of flexing to somebody else if it turns out they don't go. So this is one of the biggest risk reward moments of your entire season. If you're a Mike Williams or Keenan Allen fantasy manager, their upside is tremendous. The chiefs are allowing the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And at least one receiver gets paid in virtually every chiefs game. The downside with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is zero points. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're active and they don't play, which we've seen Keenan Allen do before they're active and they get re injured.
5: I will add this: They both logged a full practice on Friday, their first one since getting injured for both of them. Yes. So that that's promising. That's 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 yeah. But might be false are you going to roll into false Sunday night
2: at you know whatever seven thirty Central, eight thirty right. Eastern with those guys on board? If you're going to do it, you need to have somebody else on your roster that you can pivot to. And by the way, you can't even go to DeAndre Carter, who might not go in this game. Yeah. So you can't even go same game, He'll same, go. same team. He'll go.
4: Michael uh, Bandy, maybe Perhaps that's left. your angle. Or you pick up Justin Watson, most likely. Yeah, there. You know? th- well, yeah. Yeah. DeAndre Carter might the be the other report,
2: guy to so. have on roster. Great point. Excellent point. Uh, Josh Palmer, upgrade. I've, right now, I've got a C grade on him, but I'm, I don't. I'm not going to end up with a C grade on him at the end of this because we're going to upgrade him to a B if Williams does not go. He runs the Williams routes. And I'm going to downgrade him to bench if Williams does go. So, you know the deal on Palmer. He's been very inconsistent, but a plus matchup. And if Williams doesn't go, he's startable with a B grade. Gerald Everett is another guy that you can't necessarily know what to do with. He's got a groin injury. He's shaping up as a game-time decision. And because it's the Sunday night game, you got all the same problems that Williams and Allen had. And you got much of the same upside in the earlier matchup this year between these teams, Gerald Everett was targeted 10 times. So that's his upside. The downside is the risk of re-injury or him being inactive and getting you no points. Let's go to Justin Air Bear. His, his offensive line is killing him. I mean, from basically from the rib injury forward, he's been a disaster so far since week three. Justin... Air Bear, averaging just one touchdown per game, and he has not hit the 300-yard mark since week four. The best news here, though, Austin Eckler's a receiver is going to have a huge game, and we love Eckler as an obvious A grade. The Chiefs have allowed the second-most receptions, fourth-most yards, second-most receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs. You know what to do with Austin Eckler. Yes, obvious A grade and a C grade for Justin
4: Air Bear. Do we call and him the it. Beware bear now? The Were Bear? If he only performs. Beware. Oh, Beware Bear. The the Were Bear. I kind of like werebear, Bear, though, like
2: as if, you know, like on a full moon only. (laughs) Justin, (laughs) Jeff, you've got to plot that out. Is he awesome in a full moon game? Our final matchup is the Monday nighter: 49ers taking on the Cardinals.
5: Yeah, this, this one's an interesting one. It's a, it's a really good spot spot for the 49ers players, especially get this. This is a stat from Adam, Adam Azer from CBS, the 49ers as a team average the most yards after the catch. Yeah. which makes sense. It does. Kittle, Debo, Debo. Yeah. The Cardinals allow the most yards oh, after the juicy, catch. Juicy. It feels like it. So giddy up here for some some, some starting grades. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G was my uh, take a chance on me player. So obviously I like a lot of these guys. Brandon Ayuk, the most consistent receiver on this team, at least six catches and at least 80 yards in four straight. Very re- reliable B grade guy, about nine targets per game in that stretch. Cards allowing the sixth most receptions to receivers and they including five wide receiver touchdowns in just last four games. That said, only three wide receivers have topped 80 yards this year, so they're not giving up the giant games, but they're giving up a lot of B-level grades. So I have a B grade on Ayuk. I have a B grade on Debo Samuel as well. He's been relegated to the six to ten touch guy between carries and catches. Not as much boom this year, uh, especially with McCaffrey back. Um, but this is the first. This is the first time in a bit he's been um, completely off the injury report with that hamstring injury. So he might be a little. A bit more ready to take on more work this week. Uh, George Kittle, a grade it's death taxes and start your tight ends against the Arizona Cardinals it who is. allowed yeah. the most receptions, yards and touchdowns to tight ends in the running game. I have an a grade on Christian McCaffrey and a C grade on Elijah Mitchell. McCaffrey gets the pass catching he gets the red zone work he gets he gets the touchdowns um, he, he gets just as much work as Mitchell Mitchell really just gets the runs if we we're going to go on based on the one game sample size of last week
2: I hope Mitchell doesn't uh, get the runs <laughs> that,
5: that would make the game very interesting but even at that if we're looking at 30 ish touches for these two Christian with the pass catching and the possible touchdowns and 10 to 15 from Mitchell on the ground it's still a level grade worth of volume in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Over on the other side, if you have Kyler Murray or McCoy, I have them both on the bench. You cannot risk waiting till Monday night to see if Kyler Murray is going to go with a hamstring injury that no. might take away the running prop. And that's prowess. the thing, right?
2: Even if he plays if, without the rushing, yep. do you really want Kyler Murray's nope. arm nope. to try to get there by, by to, to a fantasy victory by itself?
5: No. Against a 49ers defense that has held six quarterbacks under 200 yards, and really only Mahomes had a good day day in this matchup. Yeah. So no, I have, I have them, th- whoever starts a quarterback on the bench, Deandre Hopkins popped up with a hamstring injury on, pr- and missed practice Thursday. Uh, it sounds like he's still going to go and it's not that serious. So if he does, he's averaging nearly 12 targets per game since his return. Forget that ridiculous amount wide receivers getting even eight targets or more against the 49ers are averaging seven and a half catches for 90 yards. You're not benching Deandre Hopkins. Let's no. move on. Uh, Uh, Let's go over to Rondale Moore, who I have a B grade on. Wow. Moore has thrived with Marquise Brown out averaging over 10 targets per game over the last three, at least seven catches in each. A couple games over 90 yards. Now with Ertz out, he might see even more targets. Um, It's a safe spot for him. 49ers D has allowed six wide receivers over 100 yards and or a score in just the last three games where they were really good earlier in the season. Marquise Brown, you're not starting him. I have him on the bench if he plays, um, but. He is. He's been practicing, and the videos look good in practice. But I, I can't no. trust a Monday night thing, even if they say he's gonna go. You, you got him on your bench. I also have McBride on, on, on my bench, but I want to see what he does. It's just a bad, a bad matchup, matchup. against the yeah, 49ers. Yeah. Are not the place to for a breakout game. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see how he does, though. But only two tight ends have top 23 yards against the 49ers. James Conner just a C grade, mostly due to the volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, 49ers only allow 3.25 yards per carry, which is best in the NFL. If rush yards allowed. No running back his top 60 yards. Only four running back touchdowns allowed. That's like nothing. It is. But James Conner's going to get 15-plus touches. So, he gets my patented volume C now with Eno Benjamin out of town. Yes. Uh, all right. Talk <laughs> to I me. did
2: patent it, by the way. I'm nicely done. Yes. Getting out through the patent office not easy. That <laughs> no. Is not, that is not easy. Yeah. Talk to me about Marquise Brown upon his return. Not this Monday. Let's just yeah. go next Monday forward because right. without Hopkins – he was like a top five fantasy receiver. Yeah. Now. With Hopkins back, what do you think going forward? Well,
4: Marquise what about Brown? Hopkins with Marquise Brown back? Yeah, well, maybe that's I don't know. Right I point. think they're both wide receiver twos. I don't know if they can both be a wide receiver one. Which maybe Rondell Moore just disappears.
2: Yeah, I think Rondell Moore does disappear. And, and Ertz, is, Kyler... Ertz is out, so there's targets. Right. So that that does help. I think both guys can become effective starters. I trust. I only trust Kyler Murray to keep two receivers active
4: total on that. Team. Quick angle: Colt McCoy stash in deep superflex leagues because. If... The Cardinals lose. Their season's effectively over. Mm, maybe. You never know. I don't know. With Brown I don't, I don't and Hopkins. I don't, I, don't know. I, I don't know if I want Cole McCoy in or any situation. But hey, he did all right last thing. Maybe QB two
2: leagues. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Football Weekly. Best of luck going forward. If you want all the player ratings and explanations, you can go to guillotineleagues.com. We've got all that available for free for you. Best of luck week 11. We'll talk to you next week. Week 12 playoffs looming. We're going to keep getting your team in shape for its playoff run. Stay tuned next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.